You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad. And the O'Flaherty Retreat is getting underway in the near future. And uh, I'm going to find out a bit about it because, to be honest, I knew nothing about it. And Ken Fleming is here with me. And Ken is based in Texas. Ken, thanks a million for coming along. And I'm interested in learning what this is all about. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, it's it's an exciting time. We're We're going to begin starting Sunday. So it's close. Uh, very close. And a bit of background on it. Um, where and how long, or is this, while I accept it's virtual this year, uh, previously, mm-hmm. uh, how long has it been running, or what's the history here? It's, well, this is our 17th year, so it started in 2004, and uh, we normally gather at a place called uh, Midlothian, Texas. Uh, it's about uh, 30 minutes south of Dallas. And there's a big camp, Camp Hoblitzell, and we take over the whole camp, and we spend three days, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, just getting saturated in Irish music, both uh, the learning of Irish music and also the performance. But because of the COVID, I mean, we have, instead of three days, we're doing it three weeks. And the reason we're doing that is to allow people to be able to just live their regular life and then be able to participate at their own pace. So they can do the classes in the evening and then also on weekends. And then on top of that, in addition to that, we let them have access to the content because we're recording everything. I mean, we have most of it is live, but there are recorded elements. But we're going to record all the live events, and they have up until December 8th. So they have an additional month afterwards. So it's really seven weeks to really uh, benefit by all these various events. Uh, Ken, when you say it would have been three days, and now you're going to three weeks. I will be totally honest and say one of the biggest challenges I have had is uh, with something like this, an event that would normally be run over a weekend, it's trying to find time out of my regular life now that I am not physically there. And you've obviously given a lot of thought to that, uh, that the very issue you just raised, that now I have the potential over a longer period of time to actually tune in at a time that suits me. Was this part of your planning consideration? Yeah, because many, it, we kind of learned from other camps. I mean, we had the luxury of six months to prepare. Uh, a lot of Irish music camps and festivals, they had to convert in a matter of, a, you know, weeks. And so they ended up still following the same format where if it was a five-day camp, they would spend five days virtual. Um, and we just heard a lot of feedback it's distraction. It's a distraction if you're particularly if you're you're locked in at home. You have family members. You have work that you may be doing at the office and everything, and you get distracted, right? So we said, well, look, when, what would be the better way of doing it? Well, one would be uh, have it in the evenings because people can do that after work, and also be sure that we record all the content, and then weekends. You know, that's where we put most of our live events, and then the three week period became obvious because, again. If you dumped a bunch of things on people, um, you know, it could be very stressful trying to get it all done, and they may miss things, particularly the lessons. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we're every every week we're releasing three lessons. So that gives them the whole week to be able to process the lessons and, as, in addition, a, attend some of the events they may want, whether it's a session or it's a workshop or it's a luthier clinic or it's, a you know, an enrichment class. Um, they can pick and choose the ones that they can fit into their schedule at that time and still have the ability to be able to watch the recorded content at the time that they have. So it, it, it became a matter of convenience. We're trying to make it convenient for the uh, student. 
From a workload perspective, I know you would have had a very intense weekend when it would have gone on and you would have had an awful lot of planning in advance. You would still have had the same amount of planning, but you're not going to have the same intensity over the weekend. So is this actually putting more pressure on you and your team than had you gone like in a historical life scenario? Yeah, here, here's the sad part. <laughs> um, most of the work, I, mean, I usually start working on the retreat the month after the one ends. So, for example, in November, I would begin working on 2021, for example. So most of my work gets done by February. Well, COVID hit in March, and it was truly starting all over again. And it, I, I'll tell you this, it was a much larger undertaking than our in-person retreat. And the reason why is because we had to do everything from research technology, determine how we're going to do live versus pre-recorded. Uh, I had seven instructors pull out because they did not want to do the virtual. Uh, so I had to replace those instructors. I had to re- redo contracts. I had to do redo schedules because it went from three days to three weeks. I mean, it, it became a massive undertaking. And I am so grateful that I had over three dozen volunteers, very skilled volunteers who knew technology. They knew how to do connection activities virtually. They knew how to do a, a concerts virtually or or actually we're involving some amazing uh, sound engineers and recording engineers and videographers. And um, it's, it's a massive undertaking to, to what we decided to do. But I think it's going to prove itself out as being the way to do these kinds of events. It just takes a lot of planning. And I think that we've uh, learned in the past six months how to do it. But it has been like starting from scratch and doing and, – and actually, it's, it's innovating as we go. It's pioneering in some ways because uh, we had the time to do it. I mean, don't take anything away from the other camps. They, they had to do things quickly. So they grabbed Zoom. They did Zoom lessons. Um, for us, we sent video audio kits all over the world, in Ireland, in the U.S., England, uh, to actually record at a much higher level – quality of video and audio because we want to make sure that that gets done very, very, very well because that's that's the core. It's the teaching, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're doing all these live events through Google Meet, which is kind of similar to Zoom, but it has some features that we really appreciate about, um, you know, Google Meet. So it took so, a, it's starting over, essentially. Now, again, if you were doing a live event over a weekend, you know, you'd start at whenever you woke up in the morning and you'd go until you ever you went to bed at night and Sunday night would come along and you put your head in the pillow and just, ah, but you're not going to get that opportunity either. Basically. You're going to have to start from when you wake up until you go to bed for three weeks. <laughs> well, unfortunately, uh, it's not like the retreat in that one respect. I mean, because you, you may have a regular job or you may have other things you have to do. And, and so you get to pick and choose the times that you, you, you actually enjoy the, the events. But I'm talking about um, Ken. I'm talking, I'm, you're right. I'm talking about you, Ken, as the organizer behind, as one this one behind. Oh, you. oh, but, yes, yeah, but, yeah. But I got my holiday and vacation already set, and I'm going to be gone for a whole week and just rest because it's going to be very intense. You're right for for three weeks, and then for the additional month after, we're still going to have to be uh, involved, but not as much, hopefully. Because you've gone to the online medium, is this hmm. allowing you to reach an audience? greater than you ever would have been able to before. And is the response happening for you? Uh, so, yes, we're, we're, we're getting people from Japan and New Zealand and uh, Germany and uh, countries we've not had before. So that's, that's obviously because we're going virtual. 
uh, we're getting many more states than we normally get, which is good. You know, that's so there's there is some clear indications that by going virtual, uh, we've expanded to a more global kind of event. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers, I mean, we have typically 300 students in person, uh, which is a pretty large event for a Irish music camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're probably going to get there about 300. We actually are we're expecting more because of the fact that we were virtual. Um, but th- th- let's face facts. It's in the midst of a pandemic. People are hurting financially in many cases. Um, we've, we've almost doubled the number of scholarships that we've uh, uh, offered this year. Um, there is going to be a lot of people who don't have the time to spend because of the pandemic, you know, the, just by their jobs or by, you know, the fact that they're the stress involved and everything and having to deal with family and kids at home because they're learning, you know, virtual learning and all that. So I, I think we expected more, but at the same time, I'm very content with what we have. And uh, like I said, we'll probably be at about 300 students uh, when we open on Sunday. You mentioned scholarships. Uh, give, tell me a little about the scholarship programs. Yeah, so we, we understand that this is a financial hardship for some folks because of the pandemic. So we went to great lengths to provide full scholarships where they can come and get their tuition covered and uh, their various other activities and events as part of the retreat. Uh, we also have some partial scholarships. Um, it seems like this year, normally we get a lot of scholarships for youth, but we have a lot more scholarships for adults this year. Uh, so that's an indicator, again, that uh, there are hard times still for a lot of people. Uh, so we, even though the scholarships were ended on the 10th, we're still accepting them. So if people would like to apply for them, they can go to our website, and there's a place where they can go and they can fill out an application. And because we want to make sure that they don't, aren't able to participate because of money. I mean, if they if they have a hardship, we want to try to help them as much as possible. And an event like this, whether previously you would have been able to, to get sponsors and get their mm-hmm. banners out there and promote them, how have you been able to deal with the sponsorship side of things? Well, it, it has been disappointing. Um, we've had a number of people who normally give every year haven't been able to give this year. We have some of our major, you know, some of the pubs, for example, you know, have mm-hmm. been very big supporters and, and they've been closed and shut down. Uh, so it, it's just impossible for them to help us this year. So it's, it's down considerably. I mean, we're probably about half of what our normal donations are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're having to find other more creative ways to, to make up for that. Uh, but what's been very encouraging is that we do have a place when they enroll, people enroll, that they can add money just as a contribution, and that has been amazingly uh, productive, and, and we're grateful for all those small donations because they all add up. When it comes to your instructors and your performers, again, being virtual it has presented you, I'm sure, with some opportunities to be able to reach some performers or instructors who may not previously or would not have been able to attend for one reason or another. It, has it given you access in that sense? Oh, yeah, and it's been wonderful. Um, I've been asking some of these folks for years and their their tour schedules. I mean, it's amazing, you know, people like Zoe Conway and Jerry O'Connor. I mean, they, they have their schedules booked, you know, a year in advance practically. And mm-hmm. So it's been very difficult for us to be able to access them for our events. And and this year, because uh, of, of the COVID, many of them are, are you know, they're at home. And this gives them an opportunity to be able to participate. So I'm grateful in one respect, you know, that we're able to get them. 
Uh, I'm sad for the results that, you know, because of uh, the COVID, they're able to be available because I know they're facing hardship as well in terms of uh, their income. Mm-hmm. Uh, their livelihoods have been affected so dramatically. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the case, by the way, I don't, I, I'm not sure if you knew this, but we were actually doing a documentary about this very thing, uh, how this has impacted uh, traditional musicians uh, from Ireland as well as the U.S., and and it, it kind of dovetails with, you know, our story in terms of our retreat. You know, we're having to find new ways of, of helping people learn traditional music. It's normally done knee-to-knee, face-to-face. And it's been very difficult to try to imagine how do you do that? How do you teach traditional music using a, a computer screen? Mm-hmm. So it's <clears throat> this documentary is going to be helping talk about that. What What is the impact on traditional music? traditional musicians and camps like ours. So that's one of the storylines or the narratives that we're trying to discover. And, and believe it or not, it's, it's actually been very positive in some ways because um, it's been able to reach a greater audience. Uh, it does have some advantages versus an in-person in some ways. But one of the things we miss and we talk about is the community side of it, the social side of it, because Irish music is a very social music. Mm-hmm. So taking that out away from the music, I think, is going to have a negative impact. So we're kind of exploring what are the pluses and minuses of going to technology to help do this. So in the future, can you see when we get to a point where coming together is safe again, where you may be looking at trying to blend technology with real life? Yeah, in fact, it's, it's a conversation we're already having for 2021. Uh, are we going to have a hybrid event? You know, where we still have the in-person, but um, we, we've purchased a lot of uh, hardware equipment uh, and we'll continue to use it. So we will probably, you know, record some classes next year and, and, and make those an offering for people who can't make it physically. Um, so, yeah, and I think that's the future in some ways for a lot of uh, educational camps is that there's going to be a hybrid to it. There's going to be a, a technology component that people can. And by the way, in some ways it's good because, for example, we have enrichment classes that's taught by these great musicians. And to be able to, to harvest their ideas and insights uh, in, on video is a good thing because uh, mm-hmm. that means generations in the future can be able to benefit by it. Mm-hmm. So if anyone wants more information, the website is org. What other information should we be sharing with them, Ken? Well, I think that's the best place to go. That's where all the information. We have a Facebook group that people can join, um, but all the information is there, and uh, we welcome them. There's still plenty of space. Obviously, it's a virtual space, so we can take as many students as we get. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think they would enjoy it. It's going to be a very unique experience, and I think it's going to be a very beneficial experience for people to, to enjoy. Well, Ken, I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been great learning and having a chat with you and wish you every success over the next three weeks. All right. Thank you, Austin. I appreciate it. 